Alright, what's up everybody? Two cents with Josh and Spence. Let's get it. We are uh, we've got joining us today our man Chris Sims. Very special Board. guest. Oh yeah. Very special guest. Inaugural guest. <laughs> the first um, one. That's what inaugural means. I'm too stupid to know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, Chris is a mortgage lender with Forward Mortgage. So welcome. Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks guys. Uh ha- very happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, happy to have you. So uh so yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you're with Forward Mortgage. Yeah, with Forward Mortgage, uh we're a wholesale brokerage company here in the Fargo Moorhead area. Uh we service uh, purchases and refinances for North Dakota and Minnesota. And uh, a little bit about myself, um, you know, I came from the background of a military family. So uh, in my family, it was military and work hard, go to school, uh, good grades, and graduate and go on. Um, I didn't go that path with the military. I went to the law enforcement. So my background is law enforcement. And uh, eventually, I uh, met my wife. And my, pa- my greatest passion in life is my children. And so as we were starting having kids, I started looking at life. I'm like, hmm, law enforcement is great, but how can I impact lives more positive? And got into real estate, uh, became a realtor, was amazing, and uh, decided that mortgage was my next step. So as a mortgage broker, I'm boots on the ground, just like, uh, just like my brothers in arms with uh, military, law enforcement. Um, and... So being boots on the ground in mortgage, I'm able to help people and lock arms with them to help them find, uh, be approved for a home. And that's my greatest passion is to help people get approved for a home. Um, and uh, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, very cool. How long have you been a, a mortgage broker then? So going on four years as a mortgage broker. Very cool. So what are, what are some of the best things about that and like the most challenges that you face day to day being a mortgage broker? Oh man. Honestly, it's, uh, I love talking to new people every day. It's creating relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you have a five-minute conversation with a client or just anybody in general, just talking about qualifications to get ready to buy a house, I can take that first five minutes of a conversation and let them know if they're going to be pre-approved or not. And then we take, that, uh, take a direction in that conversation to get them on the path to homeownership. Um, so one of the things that well, I do a little differently is a uh, way forward. So a way forward is let's figure out a baseline where they're at right now and let's go forward to get your goals and then work backwards. And so if you're ready to go with your qualifications uh, to buy a house now, we go forward through maps to success starts right there. Now, if that individual needs a little bit of credit re- repair, then the way forward could be a certain uh, timeline, like six months out, nine months, and I'm the, I become their accountability partner, uh, more like their coach. And as a coach, we're in touch and we're going to be talking about situations to get them to their goals much faster. It's, it's insane how much that clarity benefits everybody. You know what I mean? Like you said, in just in just five minutes, because like we're when we're meeting with first time home buyers, it's a lot of like, well, if we do this, then we can do this. But if we do this, but I'm not sure about this. And then, you know, th- then you're like talking about this many things, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like, okay, cool. Well, let's get you in to talk to Chris. Let's get you in to talk to somebody. Ask the right questions. You know how to ask. Then all of a sudden, instead of like this many options, like, oh, okay, 
and then all of a sudden like clarity is power and now we've got a way forward you know like you said a way forward mm-hmm. you got a, a game plan set in place and I feel like we get this a lot and I'd love to get your take on it like a lot of times people are like well I'm scared to get my credit dinged mm-hmm. I don't wanna I'm, I'm scared I won't get pre-approved or I'm scared like what happens like absolutely yeah so that'll be the next step after the conversation so having a conversation with a professional mortgage lender you're going to find out what direction we should go and the next step would be um the next step would be to um fill an application with an application you're going to get a credit poll now a credit poll establishes a baseline it's something very tangible that your mortgage professional is able to work with to provide the steps forward because until we have that credit pull, we're just guessing. We're guessing based on what you tell me, and we want to believe that everybody is telling the truth. But some people forget, and some people just don't know. So ignorance is bliss. And accuracy with clarity drives forward that roadmap to success. And so that, that credit pull, here's, here's a little insight on that. The misconception is, oh, the credit pull hits you, that dings you. Yes, it does. It may hit you between four to nine points on the initial credit pull. Now, what happens here? So the credit bureaus, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, um, Josh, you just pulled your credit. You're going to take out a large debt. Awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ding you. And then in 60 days, you're going to establish those points back. Let's say nine points. You get those 60 days, uh, nine points back in 60 days. Now you get a little bit higher up because what, what happens is the credit bureaus are like, hey, we want to ding them because um, that's what we're supposed to do. But then let's raise their score so they can uh, have more purchasing power with a higher credit score to lower interest rates to get more debt. So within 60 to 90 days, you recover that score and um, it re- you recover much faster. So uh, no fear on credit pulls um, on that end. Well, so yeah. so where, where does that misconception come from? Like, is it if you go and apply for 10, 10 loans in a week? Like, is that when it really dings your credit? Or why do people, why do people think that? That is a great question. So um, there's two parts to answer your question. So back in 2009, uh, Obama uh, put into play a mortgage shopping rule. Um, there's a mortgage act that allows any consumer to shop for a mortgage within 30 calendar days and your credit will not get affected. So if you apply for a credit on May 1st, by May 30th, you can have your credit credit pulled as many time for financial or mortgage purposes, banking purposes, uh, as you so desire to get the, the best terms and structure for your loan. Which makes perfect sense, right? Because like everybody, you know, you should be incentivized to shop or like not be disincentivized right. to shop, right? right? So it's like, yeah, go out there and see what, see what everybody has to offer, like what different, and then, and then we, we'll get, we'll go down that rabbit hole, but I do want to back up and just say like, I've seen firsthand, like you had somebody come in again, going, like speaking to that. Oh, is I muted that whole time? It was still picking up. But oh, okay, cool. Um, so speaking to to that, like people are afraid to come in, and I've I've done that too. Like I've gone into the bank and like I know my credits like yeah. pretty good, and like but it's just it's just a vulnerable feeling when you're like sitting on the edge of the desk, 
you know, it's just it's just weird. So, but when it's actually you sitting in the seat and it's your credit, and you know, it's just it's just different. But I've seen firsthand somebody came to you and said like, "Hey, Chris, I want to get pre-approved for a mortgage because I want to get this place sold and find something new." So you were able to look at this person's credit and come up with a game plan. And like it was wild how in detail you were able to get I was with, bring this up with that. It was yeah. it was wild. Like you know you pay off X amount by like and like you alluded to earlier, like being somebody's coach. It wasn't like yeah yeah if you pay that off yeah your credit score will go up. It was like it was no. It was you pay down this much on this card by this day, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then once that happens, your score is gonna go up by this. That was wild, and that was such like such an empowering thing for this person because it wasn't like wasn't like a yes or no it was well not at this time but not it wasn't like a yeah you go figure it out and come back when you and we'll try again it was mm -hmm. like here we're in like you said locking arms we're in this together and it was it was very very cool so i was blown away by that yeah the whole thing i think about all of our jobs is to be able to put people in the right position to make their own decisions and stuff like that and you doing that is doing exactly that yeah. and it's giving them that roadmap and it, it's just crazy how in depth you get with them and just very cool so. yeah appreciate that that you, you know when when you when you come from passion uh it it, it should show in what you do and I, I truly want to help people it's about relationship building uh the money will be there you know mm -hmm. the, the, it is it's going to be there um but how you can impact someone's life um that's what can make a difference in your life as well. And so I take great, great part in that. I, I, I appreciate you brought that up and uh, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's wild. So we talked about that. We talked about that earlier today in the mind, like we have that morning mindset meeting on Tuesdays where we all kind of get together and talk about mindset type stuff. But then we also talked about that in our Jaster group meeting yesterday. Like ultimately like our goal like you said coming from passion coming from contribution our goal is like spread joy and empower other people mm -hmm. right so we went you know last week we talked about well, like what does spreading joy look like how can we do that better you know, that yesterday we talked about empowering people and and that's the exact same conversation we had yesterday um you know like putting people in position to succeed putting people in a position to make an educated decision what's best for them um, and then removing roadblocks for those people. And that's just awesome. And then on to piggyback on that, it's like any, any type of success is a byproduct of like adding value to other people. Absolutely. Right? So like the, the, the money or any financial success is just like a lagging indicator of the amount of value that you add to other people. Absolutely. And sometimes like the value is telling them not to buy a house right now mm -hmm. or not to sell a house or, you know, that's exactly it. But that, yeah, so I think that's very cool, and it sh it definitely it definitely shines through in like watching you interact with your clients and like like it, you know everybody on our team that's worked with you. I've never heard of anything other than this dude is awesome. So yeah. it's it's very very cool. Appreciate and, it. Yeah, awesome. Well, one thing that I think a lot of people ask you, and we obviously we want to know is where are interest rates at? What are they doing? Absolutely. What are you thinking they're going to be like at the end of the summer? All that. Stuff. Yeah, for you sure bring your crystal ball in here <laughs> you know man um if anyone has one it's you oh yeah <laughs> so so in our in our profession now more than ever um we have to stay true to or we have to keep our ear to the railroad track so to speak so um all the announcements that come out from the feds um you know we're, we're we have to watch that closely because the impact of any decisions that are being made uh with the fed level 
the consumer impact is about two weeks after. So for instance, a week and a half ago, Thursday, there was a announcement that all prices or interest rates were going to increase by uh, 0.5% or a half percent in interest rate. Not just a in, pretty big jump, right? It's a huge jump. Now, um, a 0.5% interest rate, you know, on a $250,000 loan, you're looking at probably about $38 a month in, in uh, $38 a month in, in payment. And so we had that announcement come out a week and a half ago. We're starting to see the increases in interest rates. So, for example, and I can kind of future t- future cast this as well. So anytime there's an announcement, it's kind of like when you're on the interstate, right? And you're going 75 miles an hour. Well, there's actually a law that says you cannot go from 75 down to 25 because that's just too, too, it's mm-hmm. too drastic. Mm-hmm. Well, inversely... Interest rates cannot go from 4% to 5%. They go 4, 4 and 8, 4 and a quarter, 8, 8, and then back up to 5 to what the announcement is. So um, given this announcement back, um, you know, um, a week and a half ago on Thursday, we've seen about 3 eighths of a percent interest rate increase. So we're not quite there. The 8%, the other leg in eighth of a percent is probably going to hit us probably by next Monday, next, next Tuesday, next Wednesday. And so it's a gradual increase to get to the announcement point. Once we're there, we're going to flatline for a little bit. We're uh, expected to hear um, that there's going to be another announcement for interest rate uh, hike around August, which will come due around October, November. Okay. So interest rates right now for a qualified buyer around a 720 interest r- or 720 credit score, conventional financing, uh, three five percent down, so minimum percentages down. You're looking at right around five point three seven five to five point six two five, depending on the factors of, of their credit qualifications. So we're looking at probably about November to seeing a rate around six and a quarter, six and a half. Now, this is just speculation based on the conferences that are being held by the feds weekly and biweekly. And so that data and previous data of the MBS market, which is our interest rate market, um, going off of the previous year trends uh, up to this point, year to date, uh, expectations in November, we're going to see uh, an all-time high here in the last five years. Really? Yeah. And, it, and it's wild because like, it, it's still, and like anybody that, bought a house in like the 80s or yeah. 90s will tell you like well we bought it at 18 percent so it's like mm-hmm. historically still like wildly low rates however yeah it's a it's a far cry from like two and a half percent so well um, and they also bought the house for a hundred thousand dollars yeah and <laughs> now it's worth that's 700 <laughs> right very it's just crazy uh, but the but the the fed like they do that on purpose though right because that's how they can better control right like if they're at bottom dollar interest rates, then they like the Fed can't lower them anymore. So then they don't, they can't kind of play hot and cold with the market sort of thing, right? Like that's kind of by design. So they want them at that. I don't know what the sweet spot is, but I feel like I went went to a family reunion or whatever, like a Keller Williams thing where Gary Keller was talking about that. And mm-hmm. It makes sense, but um, but yeah, it's it's. Curious, curious what that's going to do to the to the housing market and stuff like that. But it's it's like we certainly haven't seen any type of slowdown yet. You know, it's it's been pretty wild out there. Absolutely. Um, I feel like it's starting to come though. Like we're the weather's warming up. We're getting more listings. 
you know, it's not as competitive, and I feel like part of it is because the interest rates are coming up. People are getting scared now, but they're still well, like. Well, it's one of those things. So, like what what you were saying, like a half percent interest. So the average sales price in Fargo Moorhead is approximately two fifty, right? So, like you said, a half percent. That's thirty eight bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So you take that same family that. If husband and wife both make fifty thousand dollars, they've got a hundred thousand dollar household income. So instead of being able to afford a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house, four hundred thousand dollar house, now they can afford, you know, whatever. So it impacts their buying power, which then, and, but again, like Fargo Moorhead market, like it just keeps growing. Like more people keep moving and moving to Fargo. So it's like I, like that's always what I thought I we would see. Like, right, these rates are going to come up, and then all of a sudden things are going to kind of slow down. And then people, like you said, are going to be like, oh, shoot, you know, we we missed the peak. Mm-hmm. So then the, there are a bunch of homes were going to hit the market. But we just mm-hmm. have, I mean, not yet anyway. We haven't seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's interesting how it all works together. So so in the market trends, there's going to be a, a two, two-year rebound usually happens when, when major impact is happening. So we just had a huge positive impact with... Um, we're seeing interest rates twos, high ones, uh, depending on the loan terms. Uh, we've seen that for about, excuse me, right around 30, 30 months. It was, it was insane. We'll probably never see interest rates like that in our lifetime. Uh, let's just be real. So, we're comparing the uh, interest rates to that rate, uh, current interest rates to that uh, historic time, right. and thinking, oh my gosh, this is bad. Actually, it's not. So, you brought up a good point. Back in nineteen seventy six. Super smart. <laughs> yeah, incredibly. So back in uh, 1976, there's there's data that goes back from 1976 to today, and the average interest rate is 7.61%. And I'm not making up these numbers. I can show data. Mm-hmm. 7.61% is the average interest interest rate going over about six, about 48 years. So 48 year turn time or uh, table time is 7.61%. It's insane. So when you guys have conversations as realtors and you talk to especially renters and first-time home buyers and, you're, and they're maybe got uh, you know, some spook about interest rates, interest rates are amazing right now, guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's the message. The positive message is, oh, my gosh, interest rates are amazing because what you're going to do is you're going to build wealth through ownership. And that wealth through ownership is way better than a 100% interest rate as a renter mm-hmm. or oh, paying somebody else's yeah. rent. Or paying somebody else's mortgage. So would you rather pay a 100% interest rate or darn near 6%? Right. And 6% interest rate, what do you gain in return? Well, you just cash flow to your house. So in five years and 60 months, if you bought a $250,000 home, what happens? Well, you're going to make interest and principal payments on your home. 60 months of those. So as you're uh, making payments, well, your loan, loan amount goes down. So in five years, on a $250,000 house, you're going to be probably putting in a rate around $18,000 of principal. So now your loan amount is $228,000. Well, in five years, at 3% attrition or 3% interest rate or 3% uh, appreciation, um, your, your, your house value is right around two ninety, two eighty nine, two ninety. And so two ninety to 228000 you're looking at $62,000 in wealth right there. So if you look five years ahead and dream about where you want to be, buy a house. Buy a house to get, create that net worth because the average net worth of a renter is $6,200. Wow. wow. An average homeowner's net worth 
is $225,000 on average. And then you take that you take that same scenario. So five years down the road, you've now got so say it, it, you're uh, you're up sixty grand, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll say sixty months worth of rent payments at a thousand bucks. Well, that's sixty grand the other way. We Correct. Spent, yeah. Now spent sixty grand that way. So that's I mean that's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars swing. Yep. In addition to like being able to just have your own place, your own lawn, right. and and not to say that home ownership doesn't come with some costs and stuff like that too. But now you got your own lawn, you got your own like there, there's there's a lot of stuff. A lot of pride and ownership and stuff yeah. like other ancillary stuff that goes into it as and, well. And guys, I would love to just make that a little bit deeper. I have four amazing, beautiful children. I have a wife who works as hard and as much as I do. When you build a family, there is something there. You're going to be leaving a legacy behind, and you can do that through homeownership. Now, let's take that same scenario. Now, your family gets bigger. You want four kids, but you only have one now. And you need an extra bedroom, you need the nursery next to the master bedroom, whatever, what have you, bigger laundry room, whatever the, whatever the wife wants, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you, now you need to upgrade. You need to move upgrade to that 250 home up to a 400,000. Well, now you have 60K in that home that you can put down towards a down payment on that four to $500,000 house. What happened in that five years? Life got better. You're able to get a promotion. You're able to get the job you wanted. Um, graduate from, from school, whatever happens. The positive life cycle events that are happening um, coincide with wealth, building wealth through the home. Now you're ready for that leap. Now you're ready for that $400,000 house and the extra two kids that come along with it and the dog. Yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that that's like, I, I think most first time home buyers think that you have to have $20,000 set aside for a down payment. Yeah. But when people already have a home, they're using that money to buy their next one. So a big thing that's stopping people from getting into that first home is the down payment issue. So what kind of solutions are you able to come up with for, for people like that? Because not everyone has 10 to 20 grand sitting around. Gosh, this is a great segue, guys. So it all starts with one, right? So, so you guys hear it, but as we educate our, our, our clients and our friends and family, it really does start with one. And, and the gateway or the, to get into one is usually the money's available for closing the funds to close amount. So there are programs available uh, through, uh, uh, through through housing assistance programs that allow first-time home buyers in North Dakota, Minnesota to get a home. Um, so Minnesota and North Dakota have a program available for down payment assistance. Now, it doesn't take care of everything. The misconception is, oh, yeah, I get down payment assistance. And it's going to cover the whole thing. Well, let's do some of that education real quick. So you got your down payment. Let's call it down payment bucket you got closing cost bucket and so as a uh, those two are completely separate from each other north dakota housing what they do is they say okay you have fifteen thousand dollars that you need for closing that's how much your mortgage institution says that you need to have available for closing well north dakota housing is going to come in and say at three percent of the loan amount of your home we're going to give you that assistance so quick math two hundred fifty thousand dollars we're going to take 3% as the down payment. So now you're at about 242,000. 3% of that is the assistance. So that assistance eats away at that 15K. So let's call it now 7,500. The client the, still has to bring $7,500 to closing. So going off average prices, we start there. So now with that little bit of education, $250,000 home, getting assistance, which is available through a sponsoring lender with North Dakota and Minnesota housing, um, that lender needs to be sponsored through the states to offer those programs. And it's universal across the board. 
at, at those lending institutions. At Forward Mortgage, we are sponsored for down payment good assistance programs. Very good to know. So now we now we have a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar purchase price. Uh, so a first time home buyer should have, with today's market, to be ready, willing, and able to buy a house at the blink of an eye with a multiple offer situation, seventy five hundred dollars in their account. Okay. Now. That $7,500 can come from mutual bonds or mutual funds, stocks and bonds, um, obviously checking savings, a gift from mom, dad, relative, spouse, uh, what have you. Um, there are some regulations on who can give a gift, so, so talk with your lender about that. Mm -hmm. But to get that money, um, there's a lot of options to get that. So around $7,500 collectively. And that's uh, like we'll, a, a down payment, closing costs, all that kind of stuff is in that $7,500, do you think? Exactly. Okay. Yep. And so you guys maybe uh, are thinking the next question is, well, how can we eat away at that, right? So when, when you guys are making an offer, there's a thing called seller concessions. So obviously the prevalency of the market, you guys can speak to that, but that is another way that that number can be drove down to then uh, help, help the clients out. Yep. 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 And that's, that's one thing that I've done quite a bit in the past is you basically ask the seller to pay for your closing costs Say say you want five thousand seller paid closing costs. Well, then maybe instead we'll offer you five thousand dollars more than what you want. So then it's kind of a wash, and basically you're you're lumping your closing costs into your loan, so you can pay it monthly rather than one big lump sum. Yeah, it's kind it, of how yeah. we've been doing it. And it depends on the market. So like in in a in like the kind of more traditional balance market, there's much more of that back and forth. Yeah. Uh, negotiator, you might say, "Well, we'll give you full price of two fifty, um, but you seller pay five thousand dollars of our closing costs. So that's like a net sale to you, the seller of two hundred forty-five thousand. Yeah. Um, the market that we're in right now is pretty pretty hot. So more so of what we're seeing now, because the seller would be like, "Well, I don't really doesn't really bother me as long as I net what we need to net, like that two fifty. So if you want it, and like we'll pay it, whatever. But instead, like what you were alluding to, how about you give us two hundred fifty-five thousand, and then we'll pay your. So it's almost like you're adding that those closing costs into your loan at right. that point. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot less money out of pocket, which gets you in the home, which then sets you up to take advantage of that appreciation, debt pay down, etc. And those are com exactly, and those are conversations that you need to have with your trusted mortgage professional upfront, not just the client, but the realtor on board. We're all a team. And we go into that offer together with that plan, then that gets it executed. Um, the only caveat to that plan, uh, what I'm seeing in the market is appraisal gaps or appraisal, anything to do with the appraisal. Right. So a lender can only lend on the appraised amount or the sales uh, purchase price, whichever is less. So if the appraised value comes at 255, purchase price is 255, that is the pr most beautiful situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, exactly. So, um, you know, we can, we can touch on that or we can talk about that later, yeah. but I'm yeah. feeling like I'm getting the weeds. So, oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, another thing that we're interested in learning about is more of the investing stuff. Me and Josh both want to learn more about that. And I'm sure some listeners do too, but, um, do you work with a lot of real estate investors and help them get financing? What kind of stuff are they doing and that you're seeing is successful? Oh man, there's there's so many options for investors nowadays than, than the the traditional uh, black and white mortgages or a paper mortgages um, that that other brick and mortar places will um, will offer. So 
the investors are breaking away from the box and the box is um, 20% down and you have to have this, you have to have that. Um, well, non-traditional financing, which I can offer, is opportunities that we can look at your cash flow. We can look at what are you doing as an investor. Now, your debt to income ratios may not qualify you for a traditional mortgage. Well, what are some options we can do outside the box that can get you into the home, create you a, uh, help create an investment pro portfolio for you, and not go traditional financing? Not non-traditional financing. We don't care about your credit score. Uh, we really don't care about your income. We're basing a lot of our uh, decision making on the debt service coverage ratios and your cash flow. So, so is that your potential cash flow on the property you want to buy, or is that what you're getting on other properties? Um, both. So okay. the property, the subject property that you're about to purchase, it will go off the rent analysis that the appraiser will provide us. Okay. And so that is called a uh, rent service schedule or rent analysis service schedule that the appraiser will um, give to us based on median rental values of that type of a unit in a, so um, in distance to that, that property. So we can take the future uh, income off of that investment property as well as the current leases that you have in place with your other investments. And so that right there is your income. That's how we can qualify based on cash flow. And it doesn't matter if your uh, debt to income is 60, 70, 80, 90%, you can still get the house based on cash flow. So lots of options uh, for investors. You don't have to have 20, 25% down anymore. You can do it for as little as 10% down with no MI. It's a lot of beautiful options out there right now for investors. That's, uh, that's very cool because when I, so I'm like 34, so I came out of college in 2010, which was after 2008, which is when like lending restrictions really tightened up. So it's like, you know, so the pendulum swung that way where it's like, yeah, give me, you know, 40% down and you're first born and all that type of stuff. So being, <laughs> like, a, being like, like a dude that's like, okay, well, I've already got a family, you know, started that pretty early. So we got that starting a new career. So got like, feel like everything's kind of going against me. Like I know what I want to do and I have goals, but it's like you would hear about back in the day, like, yeah, so-and-so was able to get into this apartment with nothing down and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that just doesn't seem fair, does it? <laughs> but so, so it feel like lending, yeah, lending restrictions really did tighten up, which made it very challenging for the new guy to get started. But yeah. what you're saying is they've, they've, they've gotten a little bit, a little bit looser, a little bit more creative to be like, okay, does this make, does this make sense? Like in like the totality of your situation, like your net worth, your, your income, the deal, et cetera. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So for a new guy, new investor like myself, and it, feel free to call me a big dumb idiot if, if I am here, but is there... Dude, Chris Josh, would never do that. shut Chris your mouth. Never do that. Chris would <laughs> I was talking to Chris, that. not Josh. I will do that. <laughs> is there a way for a new investor to get into an investment property for you know little to no down? Absolutely. So the type of... So traditional financing is the best way to do that. Okay. So, because you don't have that cash flow yet, unless you have other businesses that can prove cash flow. But as a first-time real estate investor, your best opportunity to get into a two, three, or four-unit property is to be the primary resident of that property. Okay. So, uh, you have a four-unit property. You would take residence in one of the units, rent out the other three, and that becomes your primary. Under primary guidelines through conventional or FHA 
or VA financing, you can get in for as little as three, three and a half, or no down, depending on the type of financing you qualify for. Okay. So if you were a veteran, you can get that house for zero down. Nice. Uh, if the seller pays for your closing costs, you can literally get in with less than right around $500 and start collecting uh, uh, net worth right there. Uh, FHA is 3.5%, and conventionally you're at 3% down. Uh, if you need assistance, there's programs that can offer uh, assistance up to four units. Not North Dakota Housing. There are other programs that I have access to nationwide on a federal level that will allow up to a four-unit property for assistance. So uh, to get into your first property, uh, two to three, four-unit, it is very doable. The caveat is you got to live there. And you so how, how long do you have to live there? Yeah, how does that get policed exactly? Yeah. Uh, so there's, so... Um, is Chris going to show up at my door and say, <laughs> does Chris, Spencer still live here? I don't know if you can get all of his shoulders in the shop, but that's the last dude I want yeah. to show up. <laughs> like, sir. <laughs> you know, so at closing, you sign a bunch of paperwork about mortgage fraud. And... Uh, you're going to be uh, taking residence to the property. You're going to be switching your utilities and your 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 uh, mailbox address, your postal address to that property. Um, for FHA, it is one year. Okay. So one year um, to move on and up in your mortgage situation. Um, it gets heavily policed in government loans. Now, for conventional financing, I will say that um, you can take residence and. Uh, within 91 days, you can figure out what you want to do with your next step after that. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. But government loans uh, are uh, are going to be heavier police. Conventional, there's more leniency um, based on that. So. Sure, sure. Well, I think, I mean, it, it's cool, and we. The beauty is that we know we know where you work, so it'll be easy to get you back on yeah. back on the pod here. But I think, like, the biggest takeaway, I would I would imagine that especially like first time home buyers would gather from this pod, hopefully is like, like you're just there to help. Right. So it's not like the idea of like walking into a bank and then there's the guy in the suit and tie, like looking down his nose at you. And it's yeah. like, Oh, right. you know, it's like, it's just somebody here. Like, I'm just trying to help. I'm yeah. just trying to help you get what you want, you know, and you can either do it right away or you can't. And if you can't, I'm going to help you get to that point. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's a team approach. You know, I, um, that is one big reason I got into mortgage lending is just to be different and a step above. And um, w when you speak with me and my team, we're going to be able to provide those s solution-based answers to you immediately. Um, and we're going to make you feel part of the team. And so the decisions that you, we make together um, are going to impact your journey to success. And if you can't enjoy the journey, um, a lot of people might, might, might back out. They might give up. Um, well, that's where we come in as an accountability coach. We work with our, our uh, with you as realtor partners, and we're in this together. And so um, it's a very non-threatening situation, and we work out a plan together. So, you know. Nice. So how can how can people take that first step? How can people get a hold of you and, and get started? You know, so nowadays, everything you can do everything online. Um, so I set up my company to be uh, remote-based, so anywhere in the world you can apply for a mortgage with our company. And so it all starts with a uh, phone call, a video call, in-person meeting, uh, whatever is most convenient for, for the client. And um, a application happens at the time of phone call or immediately after. And so the application is, is very straightforward. Personal identifying inf information, 
we, uh, the application will talk about your job history, your residence history. There's some questions on there um, and pretty, pretty yes and no questions, um, non-threatening uh, questions on there. The application is going to ask you about your assets, which is are your monies available for closing. So checking, savings, if you have an investments, uh, 401ks, things like that. So in totality, the, uh, the online application will take you about 10 to 15 minutes to complete over your phone, tablet, computer, what have you. Or we can do it here in the office, uh, uh, whatever works for, for you. Once you complete the application and we have that uh, conversation, the pre-approval is the next step. And the pre-approval takes about between four hours to 24 hours to complete on the lending side. For us to do due diligence, uh, we do an underwritten pre-approval. It is much different than a pre-qualification. Pre-qualification is, hey, here's a piece of paper. Based on what you told me is true, go buy a house. And that as long causes... As you aren't lying. <laughs> exactly. I call I call that like the fun uncle thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, knock yourself out, kid. And then you and then it's like three days before closing, it's like, oh, you, no, you can't. You can't buy We'll that, cross right? that bridge yeah. when we get to yeah, it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Mu it's a much different animal. And it and from working with sellers... Like you get, I mean, that those pre-approvals, those pre-qualifications matter and who sends them in matters. So Exactly. So once you get that golden ticket, that pre-approval letter, then it's off to the races. You, you uh, the client and uh, the realtors, um, you guys have the fun job. You go out, you're, you're out there, you're, you're uh, shopping. shopping homes. Um, and the mortgage guy or girl is there as your resource. You're just a tool in, tool in your tool belt. As a team, we, we help uh, the client uh, find a home. As you're shopping for homes, uh, we have a, uh, a no-holds-barred or a uh, our rules engagement is a no-holds-barred uh, line of communication. 9 o'clock at night, 7 in the morning, weekends, we're available to you. We do business by cell phone, uh, which means you're directly tied to our hip. And, and um, uh, speed of service is key in this industry or our market right now. And so as, as your clients are shopping for homes, if you're at the front step, you love the home, you just toured it, it feels good, well, let's make sure the numbers feel good. Let's take care of the logical side. If you like the payment, you like the down payment, you like the closing costs, we can provide that to you on the spot while you're staring at the front light. And before you leave, when you drive home at night, you're ready to make an offer. And so it's powerful right now to have a uh, mortgage individual the same mindset as, as you guys, as the realtors, to get the job done. So that's, that's really the, the next steps. There's a lot of details in between, but how we get there is as a team approach. It's so, it's so wild how, how just accurate that is and how much yeah. like in like our team's experience with you guys has been like it. Cause a lot of people say that, yeah, anytime, you know what it's like, but then you call them at seven o'clock on a Friday and then you get a text back, you know, a couple hours later or whatever, like, Oh, you know, I'll call you Monday or whatever. So that's, I mean, having a sense of urgency in this market is absolutely key, and just having that person that's mm -hmm. that's with you all the time is 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 big time. And absolutely. it and it matters who your who your mortgage lender is, who your realtor is. Like, we aren't all the same. Some of us do a better job than others. Some of us, you know, are yeah. just are just better at it. And Chris Sims is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. And you know, you know, you. <laughs> I'm you, so glad you said all the best. Say more stuff like that. Say more. <laughs> feed me. Feed me. Oh man. No, but but seriously, like 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 just for the for the client's best interest. You know, you guys will see an online lender's pre-approval letter. Yeah. And what are you guys' reaction to that? Like oh. when you see that, what happens? Like immediately. Heart it's, sinks. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not good. And it yeah. 
yeah it's not good yeah so so <laughs> disappointment know, i would say yeah especially in our market north dakota is not like the rest online lenders work with the coast the south and then not much in the of the midwest our 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 area is different you need a local lender that has your back and so i'm so glad you brought that up that we're not all the same 100 percent, 100 percent um well let's uh well let's get wrapped up here we'll get uh, there's about 45 more things i want to ask oh you for sure into, yeah. but, we'll, uh, we'll make him a recurring guest yeah yeah he'll have to come on again absolutely this was absolutely. this was awesome thank yeah, you so appreciate much it guys thank you chris sims forward mortgage thanks so much man yep thank you watch for deer shake a bug <laughs> <laughs>